Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. We're here today to talk about Heather Knight's recent column. Heather recently traveled to Spain and England for a few weeks, and upon returning home to San Francisco, uh, it hit her just how bad the situation on our streets has become. Uh, In the column, Heather contrasts the needles, feces, and mental illness on our streets with the cleanliness and order in other cities around the globe and across the U.S. We'll be right back with Heather after a quick break. Hi, Heather. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining me today. First, I wanted to welcome you back. Thank Um, you. I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about where you were over the last few weeks and how your trip went. I went on vacation. My husband is from England, and we went to visit his family. We tend to go about every three years, take the kids to see their grandparents and extended family. And so I was over there. We got to do a little side trip, adults only, to Spain while the kids stayed with their grandparents. So it was an awesome trip. Um, But I love traveling. And usually when I return to San Francisco, I feel like really lucky that this is the place I call home. And I'm never that sad to have left wherever I was because I'm so happy to be back here. But this time I just noticed having a different feeling. Uh, We had a few days to readjust to jet lag and everything before returning to work and went to Civic Center to watch the um, public showing of the finals of the Women's World Cup. And I was like, oh, gosh, the poop, the people wandering around screaming, (laughs) it's all right back in my face. And I just wasn't as excited as I usually am to return to the city. So I think that prompted me to write this column we'll be talking about. Yeah. So in your column, you talked about, you know, your adventures in London and how London compares to San Francisco. And, you know, you noted that, yeah, there's a little bit of trash, but pretty much um, London is... um, lacking a lot of the problems that we have here. London's about 8 million people. Uh, San Francisco is about 800,000. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and why you think uh, London doesn't have some of the problems that we're facing right now. Yeah, so I spent a lot of time in London over the years, um, met my husband there, and we do return pretty often. Um, and I just love the city. Um, there's so much history, so many fun things to do. Um, It has a lot of the same problems of San Francisco in terms of um, a huge income inequality. Um, You know, it's very expensive. It's crowded. There's uh, just a lot of people to navigate around when you're there. But um, I just noticed that the things I've always loved about it remain the same, whereas they haven't really in San Francisco. Um, In London, the streets are pretty clean. I never feel unsafe. Um, The public transportation is, like, top-notch. There's trains all over the country then you can um, get to London on those and jump on the tube, which runs really well. It's really well marked. It's clean. The escalators work. They're not marred with poop and needles like they are often in San Francisco, which is why you see so many broken down ones here all the time. Um, There's ferries up and down the Thames. There's um, the double-decker buses, which are just cooler than our buses anyway, but (laughs) uh, they actually come on time and they're clean and just... um, I noticed trash cans anywhere you needed them. Um, I didn't. I saw a few homeless people begging, but I didn't see any drug paraphernalia. I didn't see any needles. Um, I don't remember seeing any poop. Um, there definitely weren't the people you see here in San Francisco wandering into traffic with hospital bracelets who've just been released from the psychiatric emergency room at SF General. It just felt like a much more kind of civilized <laughs> and welcoming place to be. 
And why do you think that is? And what's going on in terms of their social safety net and their policies and kind of their culture that, that distinguishes it? Yeah. Well, I don't claim to be an expert on the social um, services world of, of England, but I know a little bit about it since some of my family is from there. Obviously, they're going through a lot of the same political tug of war that we are in terms of Brexit. Is that going to happen? Are we? Are they going to have Boris Johnson as their next prime minister, who's much more conservative than most people in London would like and does have really crazy hair, which is a similarity to, <laughs> to our fearless leader. Um, but I have learned a little bit more. Obviously, they have universal health care, um, which is free. You can buy private insurance on the side if you want to supplement it, but everybody in the country is guaranteed national health care. Um, they have a better social safety net. They catch people a lot quicker. Bevan Dufty, the homeless, former homeless czar in San Francisco, told me about a program after my column ran called um, No Second Night Out in the UK, which really works to catch people as soon as they're spotted on the streets. It's literally like they aim to have you not sleep a second night on the sidewalks. And so there's a rich... Um, social services network where uh, people who spot a homeless person can call in and actually get them help. A lot of times, even the experts who know all of the services here in San Francisco can't get somebody help. I've tagged along with the outreach team here, and they mean well, but they approach people who say, I really need a bed, and there's literally no nothing to offer them. Um, there's every night more than a 1,000 people on the waiting list here for shelter. There's obviously far too few affordable housing units way too few drug treatment slots. Um, Our mental health system is pretty horrible. I mean, the fact that these well-meaning, very educated doctors at SF General release homeless people after three days because of California law requiring them to do so unless a judge says otherwise and send them back to the sidewalks with no plan, and you sometimes see them still in their hospital bracelets and gowns. Um, My husband just says, you just don't see that in England. You, You just wouldn't let that it get to that point. And you also found out there are a lot more shelter options in England for, for people. Tell us about that. Right. So I, I found this report by a nonprofit over there called Shelter, which tracks the number of homeless people in the UK. And while the overall number is rising year to year like it is here, the most recent statistics from last fall um, found, I believe it was 320,000 people are homeless around the UK, which is a significant portion of the population. But what I noticed was very different from here is that only about 5,000 of them sleep on the streets. The vast majority have shelter beds or some other form of temporary accommodations. And that is so different here. So incredibly, there are um, more people sleeping on the sidewalks in San Francisco every night than there are in all of the UK, which I found to be very astounding. For your column, you talk to other people who've been traveling this summer, elected officials, family members, friends. What did they notice while they were abroad or um, vacationing across the U.S.? Yeah, so I my email inbox has just been flooded. I already had way too many emails to go through from being off for so long, and now it's even worse. But I'm always really happy to hear from readers, so I'm just teasing. But um, nobody has uh, contradicted the the idea behind the column. Everybody is saying, you know, yeah, last time I went to Europe or Canada or um, anywhere in the U.S., a lot of people are mentioning Chicago and New York and um, just cities all over the world are doing a better job than we are on this issue. Um, I talked to several elected officials whose um, jobs it is to actually fix this problem, and they agreed that it is better in a lot of other parts of the world. There's so many reasons for it, um, but 
uh, it just seems like everybody is feeling like this situation in San Francisco is out of control and it doesn't have to be this bad if so many other cities are doing a better job. Um, so obviously when you got back, um, you observed that things were still bad here. Uh, <laughs> then you were greeted with um, you know, some evidence that, that it's, it's not just your observation. The city released um, its homeless report and some final numbers, and it turns out that the homeless population here has grown by about 30 percent over the last two years. And other cities and counties have also seen big increases. What did you make of those numbers when you saw them? Well, um, they released it a different way than they have all of the other times. Um, So just to back up for a second, every January, cities around the country perform a homeless count. So they are literally counting every homeless person they can find with a crew of volunteers. Um, Any city that uh, receives federal money for homelessness is required to do this. So that's why it happened in the first place. In January, we did the count. And then in May, the city released preliminary numbers and said uh, they admitted it was bad, that it was um, an increase of more than 1,000, and it was now more, worse, more than 8,000 homeless people and worse than it's been in 15 years since the counting began, um, and that this was a 17% increase, which is pretty horrible in and of itself. But um, very quietly last Friday, happened to be the Friday after 4th of July on a holiday weekend when nobody was working or paying attention to City Hall, um, they put up the actual numbers buried deep in this report, they acknowledged that they changed the way they counted. And actually, we have more than 9,000 homeless people in the city now and an increase in, of 30% in just two years, which is really astonishing. Um, city leaders keep saying, well, you know, other places around California are having the same problems too. And that is true. But San Francisco has always been sort of the beacon of um really focusing on this issue. We've been working intently on it for decades, spending hundreds of millions of dollars a year, talking about it all the time. And yet it's just as bad almost as it is everywhere else in California. Obviously, the state has a major housing crisis. We need to build a lot more housing. But I don't think uh, San Francisco can kind of separate itself from the rest of California anymore because a 30% increase, I think, is just really shameful. Are you optimistic that we'll start to see the problem get better in the next few years? you think it'll keep getting worse before we see any improvement? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I was feeling a little bit more optimistic last year. There didn't seem to be as many huge tent encampments. I don't really see quite as many needles as they used to, but just these numbers you can't ignore. I mean, they're horrible. And um, I think San Franciscans have been frustrated for a long time, but in all of these emails I'm getting... I'm just hearing that people are frustrated with each other. We're not just blaming City Hall. Obviously, they're not doing as good of a job as they need to. But the fact that neighbors are blocking every proposal for shelters and navigation centers while at the same time complaining about the city's problem is not tenable. If nobody in the city agrees to have a shelter near them, we're going to continue to have thousands of people sleeping on the streets. Um, and a coworker uh, told me just yesterday that she was riding the J Church, and uh, a homeless woman on the train was sobbing, saying she was hungry, throwing herself up against the side of the train, causing just real devastating scene. And nobody on the train did anything; they were just staring at their phones. I think we've become so inured to this that. Um, Nobody is making any progress. And I always think it's ironic that San Francisco is called progressive when the root of that word is progress. And we're not making any. In fact, we're going backwards. 
Yeah. One of the statistics that um, stood out to me is that the city has um, been trying so hard to find uh, navigation center sites, and they've reviewed, I think, maybe like 100 sites over the last year for more navigation centers, and there's only a handful that seem like they might be viable. Um, so they're, despite their best efforts on some of these issues, progress is extremely slow, mm-hmm. and it seems to be unclear whether the mayor is going to be able to reach her her goal of a thousand new shelter beds by 2020 or not. Right. And that goal was set when we thought, when we were looking at the numbers from 2017. So even if we magically, which won't happen, did open up 1,000 new shelter beds, that's not even enough. The numbers just keep getting worse and worse. I thought a quote from Supervisor Raphael Mandelman in my column was telling he had just been to Rome and Athens and agreed with my assessment that it just seemed so much cleaner and just a better quality of life for everybody there. And he said, it's so frustrating at City Hall to be working on these problems so hard. He likened it to being in a rowboat that's flooding and you have a bucket and you're trying to get the water out. But meanwhile, the waves are just pounding in. And he said, sometimes the bucket seems more like a thimble. (laughs) And that just seems to be a very accurate way of describing it. I think residents are also frustrated with the um, just live and let live mentality of anything goes. The fact that we allow injection drug use outside the main library, outside City Hall, um, all over South of Market, you can see people shooting up into every body part you can think of, and nobody does anything. Um, I'm not saying they should be put in jail, but I don't think they should be left on the streets to just, um, you know, potentially overdose and die either. So I think um, far more drug treatment slots need to be opened, and we can't just... Um, keep allowing any sort of behavior to persist. And that sort of um, takes us to uh, something you've written about recently, which is Mental Health SF, this proposal to um, provide mental health and substance abuse treatment on a much broader scale than we've seen. Um, Tell us a little bit about that proposal, what it might do, and where it stands now. Yes, so that is from Supervisors Matt Haney and Hillary Ronan, and they're aiming to have this on the November ballot. So San Francisco voters would take up the um, question of whether San Franciscans should have the universal right to mental health care. Um, Everybody agrees our current system is broken. It's partly because of um, California's conservatorship laws, but there are also just far too few beds available in San Francisco at all levels of care. Um, And... This would open a new facility, likely on the campus of SF General, that would be open 24-7, staffed with um, a pharmacist, um, nurses, other professionals who would be on hand to help anybody who felt like they were in a mental health crisis. It could be the worst examples that we see on the streets of the Tenderloin or Soma, or it could be just somebody who does have insurance and um, a job but is feeling really depressed and having a hard time getting a slot. Um, For example, Kaiser is notorious for keeping patients waiting weeks until they can get in to see anybody, even if they feel like they're in having a crisis. So this would be available for all levels of care. Um, There's disputes about how expensive it would be. There's also disputes about whether it would solve the problem since um, the conservatorship laws would still exist um, and the people who need mental health care the most would not necessarily know that they should go there and get care. It would all be voluntary. So um, a lot to debate in the coming months on that, but it's an interesting proposal. And I'm always happy when I see any ideas because the status quo is not working. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that gives us um, reason to, to hope that things might get better. So hopefully I'm, I'm happy to, to end on a, <laughs> a positive note. Let's hope. Thanks right. for having me. 
Thank you so much to Heather Knight for coming on the show, and thank you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief, and Dominic Fercasa is this podcast's producer. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Have questions or tips? Email hknight at sfchronicle.com or find me on Twitter at hknightsf. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Thank you.